Welcome to the Grad School Femme Touring Podcast. This is Dr. Yvette Martinez Vu, and I will be serving as your Femme Tour, providing you with tips and tricks on everything you need to know to get into graduate school. Um, this is something I do every year with my scholars as they get admitted to master's and PhD programs across the country. And I'm really excited to share this information with you too. Hi, everyone. Happy holidays. Today, I want to spend a little bit of time to talk about balancing family and academia. In other words, how do you um, harmonize between your family expectations and your academic work? And I really wanted to talk about this um, at this moment because the holidays are right around the corner. And right now, a lot of you are... Um, probably back home um, with family or loved ones. And if you're a student or if you are someone who's applying to graduate school or you're someone who's thinking about applying to graduate school, um, aside from spending time with family, you may be thinking about um, academic expectations at this time, which can be a distraction and not always a positive distraction. Sometimes it can be a, a stressor. And so I wanted to just um, talk to you a little bit more about some of the ways that I've been able to quote unquote balance family and academia. And, um, and I, I use air quotes when I say balancing because um, this idea of ever truly being in balance is um, a fallacy. It's not, you know, something that you can ever truly achieve. And um, I also prefer the word harmony or harmonizing because with the word harmony there's this idea that like there's no expectation for a balance so you know I want to start out with with allowing you to understand that there will be times when you're going to put your family first or you're going to put your academics first you're going to feel like a better mom if you have kids or a better student if you are a student Um, a better academic. Um, there's no one time when you are um, a perfect X role, whatever that role is. Um, but there are different moments that you can kind of ride the waves of whatever it is that you have to prioritize at the time. Um, and so I guess I should start with talking about prioritizing. Uh, Whenever you're doing work, whenever you're thinking about um, family expectations, and sometimes there are moments when it feels like everything is happening all at once, you have finals and um, someone's sick in the family or, you know, there's a family emergency. What do you do? How do you prioritize? Obviously, when it comes to family emergencies, those things come first. But there are times when when the things aren't as obvious and prioritizing isn't as easy. And so in those cases, one of the things that I do is I make a lot of to-do lists. And I used to write them down before. I used to write them down on um, my planner and on sticky notes. And now I actually write them down. Uh, I use this app and website called kanbanflow.com, K-A-N-B-A-N-F-L-O-W.com. And I can make as many lists as I need to, and I can label them, color code them based on, you know, is it a personal to-do 
um, task or is it a work-related? And amongst the work-related ones, I also have subcategories. Is it related to students? Is it related to uh, finances is related to the grant, the grant, the McNair grant. Is it related to anything else, um, administrative tasks, things like that? And so, why do I make to-do lists? Um, I know that sometimes when you make a to-do list, you realize it's getting longer and longer, and it only stresses you out more. But for me, it helps to visually see what I have going on, so that it's not stuck in my head, and then I worry and stress about what if I forget about it. And also, once I put it in the list form, then I can start to um, rearrange it based on priorities and based on how much time I have. And so I guess that's my first tip is to, you know, consider making more to-do lists, whether that's, you know, on paper or on your phone, the way that I do it. Um, And then from there, prioritizing and then after you prioritize and you decide okay what things do I need to do today what things can I put on the side so for instance for me right now I'm still technically on a um, I'm on break I'm on a medical break I'm, t- I'm taking some of my sick and vacation time because I had no surgery a week ago thankfully everything went well and I'm feeling much better um, but I'm technically in break. So what did I do is I I had to prioritize what things I needed to get done before I had my surgery and what things that could hold off and I could do until January. And this is my first time, I think the first time whew, since undergrad, since my undergrad days, that I've taken nearly a month off without doing any work. I mean, technically, I'm doing this. I'm recording a podcast and, you know, still involved in some other projects. But for my um, my nine to five, I don't I'm not doing any work. So how did I do that? I had to, again, what needed to be done now? What was urgent and what could wait? And that's what I want you to kind of think about right now is if you're trying to spend time with family and you're stressed out over things that you feel you need to do right now maybe make a list and think twice about whether or not you really need to do it now and if so when can you make the time to get it done and then what can you actually put to the side so that you can you can have a good time you can relax and have fun with loved ones or you know do what you need to do um for the holidays so i guess that's the number one thing um to do list and prioritizing the next thing i want to talk about related to this uh, has to do with boundaries and time management. Setting boundaries was really hard for me to learn because when I was an undergrad, I I mean, I, I'm still very much type A and have um, workaholic tendencies. And, um, and what's the word? What's the word for I was formerly a perfectionist? Um, recovering perfectionist I guess you can call me that but so so boundaries I had no boundaries I was work 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 anytime you asked me to do anything I could never say no and and I worked myself sick I worked myself to the point where I developed a chronic illness that I to this day still have obviously it's chronic um but boundaries boundaries how do I set boundaries now how am I doing that in a healthy way well, um, I have very strict work hours. Uh, my work hours are 
8 to 4.30 every single day. My students know this. If you send me an email before 8 a.m., after 4.30 p.m., you're not going to hear from me unless it's an emergency. Uh, same goes with weekends. I typically don't work on weekends. Um, every once in a while, maybe, you know, once in a blue moon I will, but that's not my... Um, that's my policy is I don't work on weekends. And so I have exceptions like when I go to academic conferences, but for the most part, I don't work on weekends. And this also um, has to do with time management because if you are a student and you don't have an office job like I do, uh, it's much harder to, to set those boundaries. It's much harder to work eight to five when you feel like you have all day to do the same work. And then you wait and then you realize it's 5 p.m. and you haven't had uh, done enough work. And then what, you, what do you do? So you really have to be try to be as strict as possible with yourself about what your boundaries are. Your boundaries and your limits um, don't have to be the same as mine. They don't have to be, you know, 8 to 4.30. Um, they don't have to be I don't work weekends. Maybe you just say I don't work Sundays. Or maybe I, you know, I work weekends, but only from 8 a.m. to noon and then the rest of my day is to myself whatever it is for you but figure that out and then see that the, like time management is key here because um, time management and also learning to say no is also key uh, whenever someone asks you about something whether or not um, you know if they're asking for a request it's really easy to feel like, oh my gosh, this is such a great opportunity. I don't want to look bad if I say no, and they're not gonna. Um, these opportunities are not gonna come anymore. But in actuality, think about it. Like how, if someone's offering you something and you're not sure about whether or not to say yes or no, think about how am I getting compensated for this? Um, is it something that I need? Is it something that will look good on a CV? Is it something that's gonna fulfill me? Like is it something that Maybe, you know, it's your passion or makes you feel good about yourself and, you know, you're going to really enjoy it. Then you're getting compensated that way. Or you like actually like financially getting paid for this and you need to pay the bills. Then I understand you say yes for anything that compensates you in some way, shape or form. If it doesn't compensate you and you're saying yes because you feel bad saying no, you need to learn to start saying no because you can't say yes to everything. As you advance in your career, you're going to get more and more requests and you physically can't be in a million places at once. And if you try, you're going to work yourself sick, you know, like I did. So boundaries and time management are very important. Another thing I want to, to mention related to, you know, quote unquote, balancing or harmonizing your family with your academic expectations has to do with two things therapy and or exercise I have found that some of the folks that are doing well and seemingly the healthiest and seem to be doing something right do one of these two things religiously they either go to therapy regularly or they exercise regularly and I mean, it's ideal if you can do both. Um, for me, it's always been therapy. Um, I, I'm on and off, like, even when I stop, I end up going back. Uh, therapy has been so great for me, um, both individual and group therapy. So I'm a huge advocate of that. 
exercise. I've never been that great at it, so um, I'm not the one to talk to about it. But I know that I know a lot of runners. I know a lot of folks that exercise is the way that they um, that they maintain their mental health. And so figure out what that is for you, but choose one or the other. Either go to therapy or figure out an exercise routine that works for you because your self-care is important. And that brings me to to the topic of self-care, which is the next thing I was going to talk about. So aside from therapy and exercise, which are already forms of self-care, I also recommend finding forms of self-care that work for you and finding those things that you can do for one minute, for 10 minutes, for half an hour, for an hour, for a full day, for a weekend, like having multiple things that you know that you can do to help you de-stress. This is so important because if you're a student, if you're an academic, if you have a family, um, you know, whether it's taking care of your elderly parents or you have kids of your own or, um, you know, you're helping out a sibling, whatever you have, you know, to sacrifice. You have responsibilities that are related to having family. Self-care is critical for you. It's, um, you know, it's the way that you sustain yourself. And so for me, like, I have my own little self-care tool box. It's not literally a toolbox, but it's it's things that I know that I can do that help me when I get really stressed out. Like the first thing that I do that I know that I can do for a minute is breathe. So I like have apps on my phone for breathing and um, that have guided meditations. And that helps me when I know I only have a minute or two or five minutes. Um, If I have 20, 30 minutes, I will listen to a podcast. I have so many podcasts that I listen to um, and it just, it makes my day to start it off. And usually I do it in the mornings as I'm getting ready uh, for work as I I listen to a podcast as I'm getting ready and it makes me feel really good to learn something new as, as I'm getting ready and to have that time to myself, you know, away from my family, away from my work expectations. So um, what else do I have for self-care? Um, I do yoga every now and then. Not regularly, I wish. <laughs> but I do that, and I know that whenever I struggle, I can always kind of revert back to that. Um, I have friends that I can call. Um, and, and so those are some, I mean, those are just a couple of examples of things that are part of my toolkit. What are other things that I know folks do? Some people, their thing is like, Every day they make themselves coffee and they drink their coffee by themselves and that's their thing. Or um, every day, uh, going back to the runners, they run or they swim, you know, two times a week, four times a week, whatever that is. Or um, they take walks, you know, they'll walk their dog. Or what else do people do? Some people like to just drive, like drive and listen to an audiobook. Um on their commute to and from campus. What else do people do for self-care? A lot of people here where I live in Santa Barbara, they go to the beach. They just go to the beach and walk on the beach and that is their therapy. And so find find those things that, that de-stress you, those things that bring you joy and write them down if you need to, if you can't remember every day. What I do, um, 
actually is I have this vision board that I created. I know this is going to sound very silly, but I created it. You know, I try to create one in the new year. Um, just some goals and some things to do. But on the vision board, it also has some ideas for things to do for self-care. And I have it in my room and I have it there next to my drawer. I open my drawers every day because my clothes are in there. And so I'm forced to look at it every day and to remind myself, oh, yeah, I'm supposed to do self-care. I'm supposed to do X, Y and Z. So if you need to and if you need a visual reminder, I recommend doing that, too. But self-care is critical and it's so hard to prioritize when it feels like everything else is more important. But you are important, too. Um and you got to find, even if it's one or five minutes a day to yourself, you need to do it because um, you don't, you know, you don't want to deplete yourself. You don't want to burn out. Okay, so just two more things that I want to focus on when it comes to, when down to this whole idea of balancing family and academia. Um, the next is developing a support system or developing multiple forms of support whether that is having a certain set of friends that you can go to to vent when <laughs> when shit hits the fan or family members maybe it's a parent or a sibling or a cousin someone you're close to again who you can call and vent to even if they don't understand what you're going through but just someone to listen um even Probably even more helpful than that is like establishing uh, writing groups. If you're if you're a student, uh, maybe that could be a, st a study group um, uh, as well. So finding um, study buddies, writing buddies, that's really really useful. But I can't emphasize enough this whole idea of establishing a support system because that's what's going to get you through undergrad. That's when get that's going to get you through graduate school, and it's going to continue to get you through your uh, different professional um, and career goals. Okay, the last thing I want to focus on has to do with mindfulness and really truly being in the moment when. If you have a family um, or if you've got a lot of, you know, responsibilities and you are also struggling with a lot of academic work, it's really hard to be in the moment because you might be having a lot of racing thoughts of all the things that you need to do that you haven't gotten done. So it's really hard to think to really focus on what you're doing in the present. But that is actually really critical to helping you uh, both be more joyful and um, make better connections with people and do you know better work and so for me like when I'm at work I'm at work if a student comes into my office and I was previously working on a spreadsheet and they want to talk to me and it's something important I tell them to sit down I close the door and I focus on them I forget about the spreadsheet. I forget about my son. I forget about my husband. I forget about my boss. I forget about everybody. I just focus on them and what they're telling me and what I can do to help them out. Sometimes it's just listening. Sometimes it's offering advice. Sometimes it means advocating for them. But um, that's really important to be able to be in the moment. With my son, when he wants to do arts and crafts, I try my best to be in the moment and to not think about all the different emails I have to respond to or all the different errands I have to run and chores I have to do and bills I have to pay because I know this time for him is precious. Um, and so 
I just can't stress that enough. I know it's it's really easy to to be thinking about all these other things and to not be present. And that's why for me, I go back to the to-do list. If I start to see that my thoughts are starting to linger and I start to you know, get out of the moment and think about these other things that are stressing me out, I pull out my phone and pull out my to-do list and just quickly jot those things down that are in my head and then put the phone away and go back to focusing on what I was doing. Um, I'm not sure if these are the best tips. Uh, they're certainly not the only tips that I have to offer, but it, these are definitely the things that come to the top of my mind that have allowed me to, again, do my best with continuing to balance family and academia, continuing to harmonize between them. Uh, it's not easy, but... You know, sometimes it, you know, you got to try to be a little bit more, <laughs> a little bit more organized and set more firm boundaries. Find out what your policies are, like create your own policies and try to stick to them. You know, um, you are worth it. You uh, deserve to make time for yourself. You deserve to make to make time for your family. You deserve to have fun guilt free you deserve to value yourself outside of any productivity that you do. Um, you deserve to sometimes just do nothing. I know it's that's really hard to do nowadays because we live in a society that, you know, values overwork, um, values exhaustion, busyness, but, um, you know, you deserve to be free. You deserve the time. So, Implement some of these strategies, whatever you think that you find helpful, and let me know how it goes. Um, all right. Enjoy the time with your family. See you next time. Thank you so much for joining me in the Grad School Femme Touring Podcast. Again, this is Dr. Yvette Martinez-Vu. If you liked what you heard, uh, please feel free to rate this podcast on iTunes or Stitcher or anywhere else where you listen to your podcasts. You can also uh, follow me by uh, going to my website, which is yvettemartinezvu.com, or you can email me at yvettemtz3 at gmail.com. Until next time.